Today's guest is Nick Hill. She is a fashion designer and is trained in traditional design techniques by some of the best in the industry. From premium swimwear to resort wear, designing in New York City and created her own collection designed by her, Nick Hill. We talk about what brought her on this journey, inspired by her love of quality, fashion, and vacation-inspired lifestyle. Please give a warm welcome to ever-blessed Nick Hill. I would like to apologize in advance for the muddy recording and microphone difficulties. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you today? Good, thank you so much for asking. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. No, thank you. I appreciate you uh, actually becoming one of my guests that uh, that had signed up for this. So I appreciate it. Yes, exactly. That's the sign language for applause. Yeah. <laughs> do do you do that? Perfectly for Zoom. <laughs> you know, it's so hard to show emotion sometimes when it's just like from here to here. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I do, um, like I'll do that if I'm excited or... For thank you, I'll bow. Um, I think it's just, I'm very idiosyncratic in certain ways. So that's me being me. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, to see the true true person that I have here, because I think that's, that's exactly what I want uh, on my podcast is the true you. So uh, is it Nick Hill or is it? Okay, so you just you just have a very creative way of for now of, of spelling it, which I love. I love creativity. I love the idea of having um, kind of the out of the ordinary being extraordinary. So um, exactly my uh, an abbreviation of my maiden name. Um, I used to be Nicole Hilton, and oh. I started my business uh, long before I ever met my husband. Um, so I started the business as Nick Hill, um, because they already have, uh, like a Nikki Hilton from the Hilton family. And I didn't want to be too similar that it would confuse anyone. So I just shortened it to Nick Hill, but I kept the spelling of the way my name was spelled. Um, and Hilton is H Y L T O N. You have done other speaking engagements, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, this, well, it's 2022 now, but in 2021, I was doing, I would say I was averaging about four podcast interviews per month. Oh, wow. um, and there were some weeks where I was doing four per week. And I really wanted to use it as a way to kind of get better at public speaking and talking about the brand. And uh, I, I use it as my training ground for being better with speaking about the business. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I did because I got to meet so many amazing people over the course of the year and learn about their businesses and what they're doing and um, make some connections. So that was really fun and exciting. And going um, the culmination of all of that work coming into 2022, I booked my first paid speaking engagement. So <laughs> later this year, I will be speak publicly speaking in Toronto, Canada to a group of young, younger entrepreneurs, middle school and high school aged entrepreneurs and giving them advice about um, business as they navigate through the world of entrepreneurship. So 
I think all of my hard work last year definitely paid off and I'm really excited to finally get in front of a group of people and, and speak about one of my passions. Yeah, that's what, and I'm so glad that I'm able to speak with you as well, Nick. Thank you so much again for being on the podcast. Now, um, I would love to have the listeners know exactly who Nick Hill is. Uh, could you tell a little bit about yourself and how did you start this journey? Sure. I am a fashion designer, a brand owner, a course creator, and a, a, a new professional speaker. And it all kind of started just from a love of fashion. I, I've always loved clothes. And one day through happenstance, I was kind of shocked and taken aback at my decision to go to graduate school and for psychology and forensic science. And it was my mom who suggested that maybe I pursue uh, a career in fashion since she saw how much I wasn't really loving the idea of what I was about to pursue. And I did, and I went back to school and I got a, a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in fashion design and the rest is kind of history. From there, I, I moved to New York and I started working with some really great designers and really great brands. And I learned you know, the old fashioned way by paying my dues and after about, I'd say eight years or so, I decided it was time to branch out and start my own business. And I did. And um, that business is Nick Hill Clothing. And I started off with swimwear, which one of my um, first designers that I worked for started with. I figured I would just take a, play, a page from her playbook. And I started with swimwear and we're, we're starting to branch out into clothing and resort wear and active wear now. So that's really exciting. And for the last six months, I've been working on wholesale with the business. So that's, and building a wholesale channel. So that's been really exciting too. And everything kind of just happened organically because of the work that I was doing with the brand. So when, once you start a brand, what I found was that people were asking me well, how do you do this? Or how do I get my clothes made? How do I find a factory? How do I, you know, tons of how do I questions. And I used to spend the time and just talk to people one-on-one -on, -one on the phone and give them this advice. And it would take hours because it's pretty involved and pretty technical. And one day, I don't remember if it was my idea or if someone suggested it, but I figured I would write a program and, and teach people how to do the same thing instead of individually talking to someone for hours and hours. Uh, so that's where Nick Hill Fashion University kind of became born, was just out of a need to answer that question for people. How do I make my clothes commercially? How do I get my, my, my designs from an idea to you know, multiple units on a shelf? And Nick Hill Fashion University was born and I'm, I'm really proud about it. I am not a course creator. I, I wouldn't say that I could, to, could create a course on any subject, but because it was a subject matter that I had been doing for years in the fashion industry, it was a very, for me, it was an easy subject to write about, but I don't think that I could do that for like candle making or, you know, <laughs> podcasting <laughs> even. Like if it were any other subject, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't be set up to do it and primed to do it, but 
because it was exactly what I do every day. It was just, it just made sense. It was really about sitting at the computer long enough to create it. And the public speaking also kind of happened organically. My first degree is in psychology with a minor in forensic science. And I'm, I'm naturally someone who likes to help people and I like to help people solve problems and I like to inspire and uplift people where I can. And what I like about public speaking is that it gives you the opportunity to do that and to, to share what you know to people who are ready to receive the information that you have to share. So um, I'm really excited about that. And I love talking to new entrepreneurs and people who are at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey because that's me, you know, in so many ways. And that's how I started. And I think that I have a lot of like really great resources and advice that I can share to help a budding entrepreneur. So in, in terms of how I got started, everything was kind of organic and just a pivot of the things that I was doing anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm glad for the update because I know the last time you you identified that you just had a Nick Hill um, swimwear and um, I'm not really good with fashion, so I do apologize. Uh, I just literally just find something in my closet and there it is. So that's just me. <laughs> but um, I, I really like things. I yeah. make clothes, but don't really get dressed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, and I'm so happy to hear that you have it's such an awesome experience to have to share uh, your update with someone, especially like this podcast, because this is uh, this is my goal. I love to hear people accomplish their dreams and especially some of the unexpectedness that come out of it. Like I didn't ex anticipate having this happen. Like <laughs> this is something that I didn't even anticipate in being a podcaster. I mean, I was but yeah, it's uh, it's such an awesome to hear that you have advanced in so many wondrous things in your business. You've extended your business to be not only just the swimwear. I'm super excited. And I will say the game changer, honestly, for the longest time, so many people, other entrepreneurs that I know had been talking about their success with coaches and getting coaches to help them. and investing in coaches to show them what they didn't know. And my first experience with a coach wasn't the best. So I kind of felt like they didn't really work and it was a lot of hype for no reason. And I learned that I, I had the wrong coach. And when I found people who actually knew what they were doing for the subject matter that I was turning to them for, it made a night and day difference. The clarity that it brought about and the, uh, their ability to answer questions that I was not able to find answers to was just honestly the, the, the biggest difference between where I was six months ago and where I am today and hopefully where I'll be six months from today. And when you think about it, when you're an entrepreneur, you, you, might, you probably don't know anybody else doing what you do. Like I don't know many other fashion designers. I know them now because that's the world that I'm in. But when I first got started, I didn't know a ton of fashion designers, let alone people that were making their own clothes and then selling them online. And 
who do you go to if you have a question about something, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of where the coach comes in because along with the coach, you usually get a community of other people who are in a very similar space as you and the energy that that creates and the work that you're able to do because of that, that network of people is just different. And um, I, I would absolutely say for anybody who's, you feel like you've taken it as far as you can go and you don't know what's next and you, you don't really know what to do now, try investing in a coach for the subject matter that you need help in. And you, if it's a good coach, they'll be able to take you out of that rut and kind of help you see the light at the end of the tunnel so that you can get to the next level. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how did you come about? I mean, it probably was a lot of um, trial and error looking for the appropriate coach for specifically for your industry or your, your goal in, you know, growing in your business. So that's, what would be some of the pointers that are, are helpful for someone who is looking for that type of business coach? You're coming in with fresh eyes for someone who is a businesswoman as a client coming in through the other door. So what would be some pointers or cliff notes that you could provide to other people who are who, who need to look for those flags and what would be helpful for them and pros and cons? Like, I guess anything that you could provide would be helpful. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, I don't think I was as profound as, as you're describing in my hunt for a coach. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's so interesting how it came about. So I have technically three coaches. Um, I have one that helps me with wholesale and she is invaluable. Like I would not be able to take my business where I'm taking it without the lessons and advice that she's given. Mm. I found her very organically. And I honestly think, I don't, I saw an ad on Facebook and I had been talking to my husband and one of my really good friends. I knew I needed help, but I wasn't finding coaches that helped me in the way that I needed help. Um, as a fashion designer, I didn't need business help. In terms of a business coach, I actually understand business really well. And I didn't need that type of, of um, guidance. I, I didn't need sales guidance. I specifically needed guidance to help a fashion brand, which is very different than the type of coaches that I was finding. Mm. And I just saw an ad on Facebook and I don't know if it's because I'm in certain groups on Facebook and maybe her ads were targeting the people who were in specific types of groups. Um, but I found her from a Facebook ad and her ad said everything that I was experiencing. So I scheduled a call with her and um, went from there. And for anyone listening who's never worked with a coach before, usually what happens, regardless of how you find them, you usually get some kind of free consultation, a, a free phone call, a free 30 minute call, a free 60 minute call. And during that call, it's kind of like, um, like a first date, if you will. The, mm -hmm. In addition to you looking at them to see if they can help you, they're also trying to find out if they wanna work with you, if you'll be a good fit for, for their coaching business. 
And if it's a good fit, they usually let you know that they think that it's a good idea to work with you. Um, They don't always think that they'll be able to help someone or they might say, you know what, maybe you're a better fit for a friend of mine. So if you don't mind, I'm going to refer you to my friend so-and-so because I think they'll be able to help you better. But in my case, my coach was a perfect fit for me because I am exactly the type of client that she's looking for. And she was offering the type of help that I specifically needed. So we were a good match to work together for that reason. I would say that when looking for a coach, you should feel comfortable with this person because you have to ask them, you're going to ask them questions. And if you don't feel comfortable enough to ask them questions and it's probably not a good fit, they shouldn't make you feel like your questions are stupid or that you're wasting their time Um, because how else are you going to learn the thing that they're there to coach you through if, you know, if, if you're intimidated to ask them the question, um, this is probably the scenario where no question is too silly or too stupid to ask because they're guiding you through a process and you have to have a firm understanding of all the things in order to successfully complete the process and grow, right? Their success rate as a coach is directly related to your success as the, as the client. So Mm -hmm. if you're not able to be successful, then it looks bad on them as well. And that's not what they want. They want you to be successful. Um, I, I would recommend you deciding whether or not you need one-on-one help or if group help would be more your style. I actually like having Other people, um, usually what happens is you'll have like a phone call that happens once a week. Sometimes the phone calls happen every day. And if it's a group scenario, other people who are going to this coach will also be on that call. And I think the benefit of that is it's an automatic community of people who are in a very similar situation to you and you're able to pull from their resources as well as your coach. So Hmm. sometimes people are directly ahead of you. So, you know, in the process of your success, um, you'll go through, it's a journey. So some of the people are further along that journey than you are, and maybe they just got out of the problem that you're in. So they can, you know, say, hey, call Jasmine. She's great with X, Y, Z, or try this or try that. Um, And I really like the community aspect of it. So for me and my situation, that worked really well. But if you need more targeted one-on-one help, then um, I would definitely recommend asking your coach if that's something that they offer. And most of them um, do. But I think in, if you're going to YouTube or Google for a certain subject matter all of the time, and you're realizing that they never have the answers that you need, that might be your first uh, like sign that you might be ready to, to take on a coach if the internet and the World Wide Web and the people in your, your immediate network just aren't able to help you answer the questions that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not able to satisfy that itch that you just want to, you want to be successful, but it seems like you're going around and chasing your tail in a sense. And yeah. you know, you're you're all about moving forward, not taking two steps back. And I mean, that's the process of being a business. You know, you Mm -hmm. don't want to stay in the same position either. Oh, of course. Absolutely. So it's, uh, 
you know, being a business person is it's a work in progress and it continues and it's not every failure is, you know, to, failure should be a positive aspect perspective. So, I mean, you learned to do something that you've never done before. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, that doesn't work. So let's try something else. And, you know, to be flexible, to be understanding and to be accepting and appreciative that, you know, this is something that you have wanted and your passion is to do. It's, there's going to be a lot of bumpy roads um, that you have to encounter. And I love that you gave us a couple of pointers because that probably makes it a little bit easier for a lot of prospective business owners who are wanting to, to do the coaching and, you know, and it makes sense that some people like to do the solo, solo one-on-one with the coach, um, with grouping. Um, I mean, that's some awesome ideas that you provided. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I mean, they're, they're, they're relevant. You know, when you start a business, there's so many things that you're not going to know. And the further you go down that rabbit hole, the more there reached a point where there was literally no one I knew that could answer any question that I had, Mm -hmm. but I still have questions. So where, how do I get help? And if I'm looking for the answers on my own, maybe I'll find some of them, but the questions become more and more complicated. They're not just, you know, related to what you know anymore. Some of them are legal questions. Some of them are financial questions, tax questions, Mm -hmm. questions that are so far away from what you know how to do. And, you know, what what are your options? You're going to, you know, shut your business down because you couldn't get a legal question answered. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's not really realistic. So, you know, sign up for the program, sign, sign up for the coach, take the course, whatever the thing is that's going to help you to answer the things that you need to answer so you can be better in your business. Do that. And in the beginning, some of the prices that coaches charge can be quite intimidating when you see like, wait, it's a lot of money. I was talking to an attorney about trademarking a few months ago, and she said the most profound thing to me that it's like, we should know it, but you just don't think that way. Because it's your business, everything is, a, is able to be written off on your taxes, right? It's a tax write-off. Your coach is a tax write-off in your business because it directly relates to your business. So while we're intimidated to spend the money on it, we shouldn't be because it is a valid business expense. And just start to reframe the relationship with money and your, the way you're spending it for your business and invest what you need to in your business so the business can be as great as it can be. Mm-hmm. That's the upside. Uh, a lot of people are always wanting to get the, the, the revenue and, and the refund or reimbursement out of what they've invested in the company. It's all in the back end. It's like that with pretty much everything in life. You know, it's not, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get a return on this. It's life does not work that way. No matter how much you want to force anything to to be done, like, you know, the scenarios is everyday life. If you help someone, you're not anticipating not having them return the favor within five minutes of that favor or that the thing that you decided to help them with and being a, a good Samaritan to someone that's it's like a 
you know, the return on investment happens. You, you can't plant a seed and expect it to be a full tree within the time that you water, you water it. So it's a process. You have to have the ability to say that I do need help and I don't know everything and that's okay. You're going to fall. You're going to pick yourself up and say, I didn't know that or didn't see that coming, but let's keep moving forward. <laughs> exactly. Seriously, it's it's so true. You can't just pack up because you 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 encountered a problem. And you touched on something just now too that I think is really important with the, the issue of time. Um, there's never going to be enough time in the day for any business person. Um, mm-hmm. And what I would say is once you get to that point, whatever you don't have to do, start outsourcing it. So if that's Fiverr, if that's Upwork, if that's a virtual assistant, you know, just because you can do it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Mm-hmm. So if, if that's, you know, editing a few pictures, find someone on Fiverr to edit the pictures and you've just regained two hours of your day now um, for a nominal cost, you know, or if it's more regular help that you need, maybe it's a virtual assistant or a part-time assistant, someone to help you two days a week, 10 hours a week. But you know, if you're paying someone for 10 hours a week, you've now regained 10 hours of your time and you can be doing something else. But you have to find, well, not just you, but we as entrepreneurs, we have to get crafty with how we're utilizing our time, our resources, in order to grow our businesses, because our inability to do that often affects the success of our business or how long it takes to to get the success we're looking for. And the whole goal, we got into business because we wanted to be successful. We wanted to work for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to find ways to allow us to keep doing that. Oh, this is awesome. I love this. I love this. I do this too. is like the collaboration of minds. I know. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So like, um, and, and here we are, we're glowing with joy and such informative and resourceful information um, to our listeners. Like what makes you the most proud about your career so far? Um, I would say my tenacity and my determination and just I, I'm like a dog with a bone. I just, I won't give up. I won't take no for an answer. I, I figure out a way. And, you know, that type, that level of scrappy is kind of what you need in, in business because you're going to want to achieve a goal. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the world, the universe, the people in your life, whomever, whatever, um, creates obstacles. And anybody that has reached success just to me, I see them as obstacle achievers. That whatever obstacle they were faced with, they were able to jump over it, go through it, go around it, figure out an alternative path. No obstacle was able to, to best them, um, for lack of a better you know, way of describing it. And that's really what the, the journey of success is to me. It's, it's just being able to navigate obstacles and to still stand after you've, you've done, you've uh, conquered all of the things that have gotten in the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you it's so not, much. Yeah. yeah. not the absence of problems. It's the ability to conquer problems. Exactly. What is the biggest myth you see shared as advice? The biggest myth that I see 
as it relates to, to women of color, we work harder than everybody. Like we are at the intersection of race and gender and are often a lot of steps behind other races and other genders. We get a bad rap, I think sometimes as women of color that maybe we're this or we're that. And I think that that couldn't be further from the truth. We're extremely loving, extremely hardworking, very savvy. Um, we own all of the skill sets necessary to be successful in business. Yet for whatever reason, people don't like to take us seriously in business. And I, I think I was talking to my mom or my sister-in-law and I was talking about a problem that I was having and how I, I solved it. And it was a very quick and easy solve for me. And the person that I was in the situation with was so surprised at, at how you know elegantly I was able to come up with a solution. And I literally said, I'm a black woman. I'm, I, I have to have solutions. Like <laughs> this is literally my life. You know, I, I, I'm a woman of color. I, I don't have the luxury of not being able to figure things out because there somewhere, someone is always trying to um, disregard me or keep women of color, you know, out of the conversation or away from the table or because we can't, we're not good enough, fill in all the blanks. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's very natural, I think, for us to be natural problem solvers and natural, naturally resourceful. And we're great at it. We, we really do have magic, you know, so use yes, all of do. the skills you naturally have and make them work for you, regardless of what anybody else is saying um, about you or what they think about you. That doesn't matter. Um, at the end of the day, their opinion of you is theirs. It's not, it doesn't mean that it's true of you. It's just someone else's opinion of you. The biggest myth I think of, of women of color, mm -hmm. I would say the biggest myth I hear for entrepreneurs is in general is that it would be easy or somehow easier than your nine to five job and it will be profoundly more difficult and more complicated <laughs> than your nine to five job, but it will also be equally more rewarding than your nine to five job. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> no, like, yeah, this is, um, this is very enriching for hopefully for the listeners as well as it's for me, of course. And I thank you for sharing that with me. Now, did you, um, now if you could name a product or service you love so much that you would happily be the company's spokesperson. I know that you're in the process of getting involved in more speaking. This will be probably the opportunity that you'd like to put your name out there. And uh, maybe one of those persons is actually listening to the podcast. You never know. Um, product or service that I would want to be the spokesperson for, it would probably be some kind of charity, uh, of something helping our environment or kids or someone that's disadvantaged, helping them to get the resources that they need. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to be a UN ambassador one day. Uh, I remember Googling how people become a UN amb ambassador and they have to have a platform that is able to like move people. So that's why you see people like Meghan Markle or Angelina Jolie, they have large platforms. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not there yet, but um, I think 
long-term, that's what that would look like. I, I would wanna help people in nations or countries that are at a disadvantage to me um, or from anybody that I know here. I mean, my family's Jamaican and Jamaica's a third world country. I would love to be able to help provide resources or things that people need in my parents' country or in any other country that's at a disadvantage. Um, I also, that's like the, the real like heartfelt answer. I also really love this dog on Instagram. <laughs> and if he ever needed a spokesperson, I would love to be his spokesperson. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I follow a lot of people on Instagram and Twitter who specifically own animals because that was one of the things that I wanting to start as a business is a vegan pet bakery online. So I've been, yeah, so I've been following a lot of the animal lovers out there as well as a lot of the vegan organizations out there that are like so I am so excited for that but I'll be even more excited to see you as a spokesperson for one of them so that I, cool. I would love to be my uh, my guilty pleasure is dog videos on Instagram yes I, I love I could watch dog videos on Instagram all day they make me so happy they're so cute they do the darndest things um and literally I think I've seen just about every dog video there is <laughs> It's so cute. Yeah, I have a couple of them on there. So I, I'll probably have to send some over there, send some over to you. It's so like, I have love a laugh. <laughs> I love them. I, I think I follow probably like five or six dog accounts right now. And my husband's like, how many more dogs are you going to follow? <laughs> oh, gosh, I have maybe I, a hundred times more than that. Freak a lot. There's a reason behind but, it. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good ones and it's really impressive how the, the owners speak in the voice of the dog and like mm -hmm. what they do. It's really so cute. That is, it is. It's hilarious because it's almost like spot on personality. Like that's exactly uh, what they were saying. And I'm like correlating to what the event is going on and it's, it makes it even more funnier. It oh does. God. And the looks on their faces or what the dog actually does. It's like, that's literally what he was thinking. <laughs> now, can you tell me exactly like what's something you've learned this week? Something that I've learned this week, it's okay to be scared of whatever it is that you're pursuing. It's actually quite normal. Um, I think the biggest thing to pay attention of is not that you have the fear, but what, how you respond to it. What does that fear going, is, is it going to cripple you? Is it going to motivate you? Is it going to paralyze you? Like what will you allow the fear to do? But just know that I, everybody is afraid of the goals that they set for themselves and the journeys that they're on. You can turn fear into excitement. You can turn fear into inspiration. You can, you can still be afraid and still persevere through the feeling of the fear, but just know that just about every entrepreneur that's out there doing the thing was afraid, is afraid, is terrified of what it is that they're pursuing. That's okay. And that's normal. Yeah. I, there's, there's times that I've pushed through it. Like I, I have to over, overcome this to even to get to the next step um, or it's never going to happen. So yeah, you have to keep pushing. And there's times when you say, okay, you know, 
if I can't go this way, then I'm going to go to the left of it, or there's got to be right another alternative. Find another way. Absolutely. So and this definite definition of courage is to do something in the presence of fear, not right. the absence of it, but exactly. the presence of fear. So still doing that thing makes you courageous and makes you that much better at doing it the next time it presents itself to you because you absolutely will run into the thing again on your journey of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, that's really normal. And there's so many things that are going to, to terrify you, but that's what happens as we change. We can't ask to change and ask to grow and ask for success and then be handed those things and then when we're given them, be afraid to do the things that are needed to accept the blessings that we've been asking for. Exactly. Wise words from a wonderful, wonderful business and successful woman on her journey and continuing to rise. Stay in Thank touch. you so much, Jasmine. You too. All right. Thank you. Let the Bye. dog in the room. Okay, I will. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Palooza Zion podcast. And if you enjoy listening to my podcast, please don't hesitate to give me a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Also wanted to give a shout out and thank you so much to all my guests, past, present, and future. And stay tuned for the next upcoming episode on Fridays.